to plan your career is a very hard thing to do. Um, I remember Sean Murphy was very good to me when I was younger and um, he was asking me what my plan was. And then I was with Boom at the time and I said, if I can get from Boom to IDW and then IDW, you know, within a year and then maybe IDW to Dark Horse within a year and then from Dark Horse to Marvel within a year, in four years, that I think that'll be great. And I think it was like three weeks later I got an email from Marvel. Hey, thanks for listening. Well, it's kind of crazy how things can change in one week. Um, last week, I think I mentioned how I was uh, tackling my monotasking nature by taking the query letter workshop. And uh, I forget that life gets a vote. <laughs> and I... Um, had a client call on Monday night, a week ago, uh, asking for help. And they needed some emergency work done. That added a whole new level of tasks that were not on my schedule on top of having a, an advertising project taking up a lot of my time. And I uh, hustled through the work, but unfortunately that did not allow any time for me to update the query letter wasn't awkward for anybody else but me, but I opted to sit and listen and take in as much as I could, make as many notes as possible. Rather than talking about what I want to do with my book, I listened and realized that the book I have written and rewritten, um, draft after draft, is not the best book for me to lead to a publisher. So after many days of writing about this, talking to friends and fellow writers, I made the decision to shelve a very important story in order to be a bit more strategic in my, uh, my approach to novel writing. I'm not at a loss because <laughs> I have another book sitting waiting. I, my, the first book I ever attempted to write, which was a miserable disaster that lasted chapter and a half. Now I am completely comfortable to write it and I have the whole book outlined. It's great mystery, a lot of fun, really unique and uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I have a few things to button up this week and then next week I will be hitting the draft of this book. I think I've got about a two and a half months to get this first draft completed. I was nervous, anxious, but the support from uh, friends and writer friends and my amazing wife have energized me to be confident in my choice. Yeah, so I'll be talking about drafting, I guess, in the next couple of months. Um, this week's guest is a returning guest, Declan Shalvey. Deck was on the show, boy, two plus years ago when he was about to start Old Dog. Actually, he hadn't even started Old Dog. He was doing um, Time Before Time. He really uh, has been busy in the intermediate years, and uh, we've kept in close touch on his projects, and he is uh, quite an open book when it comes to talking. And we had just a uh, deep conversation about uh, 
<laughs> the struggle of podcasting because Deck has his own podcast uh, called Tape Deck and it's on YouTube and there's a link in the description. You should definitely check it out. And just doing the things that we dig, finding the time to do the things that we need to do, which we uh, don't feel comfortable doing or don't want to do as much as the other things that we want to do. So we had a, it was a great talk and Deck is uh, doing the tour to promote Thundercats. If you are a fan of the cartoon, then you're probably going to love this because this is very much in line with the original series, but a new, feels a bit more of a science fiction twist than the, uh, than the original one and any of the remakes. So I got to read the first issue and totally dig in and felt like, oh, cool. I remember 1985 when the Thundercats came out. So this feels like in that world. It was a great talk. Super excited to hear the uh, the early success and the pre-orders of the book. I'm I'm really hoping that uh, you know readers connect with it as they have with the uh, the original show. So, oh, and you know, this one's a bit of a longer one. Uh, so, sit back and enjoy. This is me with the Declan Shalvey. That's why I don't have a guitar in my writing office because i'll just play the guitar it just pick, yeah I, I it's on the same um there's so much writing i need to do and it's like oh, i would be just i could just sit down and start drawing and then i could get worked on and i don't have to uh, any oh. excuse to like not write i will take yeah just because it's easier to do something else yeah i mean i think it's always been the bane of my existence is the uh the the managing of distractions and Sure. I don't think I, I was horrible at it for at least the first 10 years of my, you know, adult professional career. Mm-hmm. Not very, not very good at that. Um, how, how is the podcast been going? So I, I didn't realize you'd fallen out with uh, uh, the guys from before. And... Well, not the guys, but a guy. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, um so there was an inevitable head and there's, there, there's sort of a confluence of things that happen. My personality is I can't leave well enough alone. Like I've like, Hey, like I'm doing a thing. I could probably do more with this thing. So, mm-hmm. um, we're doing the, the podcast and I'm thinking like, Oh, we could try this. We could try that. And it wasn't really what they wanted to put their energy into. And then I found a lot of effort was me trying to schedule their showing up for recordings along with people I didn't know. Unfortunately, you know, my former co-host was not a happy person and turns that unhappiness against others rather than sort of improving his own station in life. There's not really much you can do about that, is there? No, there's nothing you can do about it. And he, um, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I parted ways. I'm like, you know, whatever, man, like just, you know, carry on with yourself. Good luck with everything. You know, no, 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 no bad feelings. And then he just pulled the curtains o- open and he like, Hey, I'm, I'm also just really into the whole comic skate thing. And I was like, Oh, I spent two years doing a podcast with this guy. And then I'll, you know, and then it's like, Oh, you really are not happy. Yeah. I thought about it for a while. Talked to a bunch of people and I finally just said, you know, I'm just going to pull those episodes down. It's not fair. It's not fair for you. You know, like you, you know, you hardly know me. You just know me as a person from, you know, Twitter and chatting on here. And I thought like, mm-hmm. I can't do this to Dak or any of the other hundred people I've spent, you know, I've spent 
and they've spent their time with me. And I was like, well, forget this. So I pulled them down. Yeah. I was already doing it by myself at that point. I'm like, I'm going to do that. And then I said, you know, I'm going to also get rid of the, uh, the video aspect because like, are you, you're doing video with yours, right? Are you doing live stuff or are you doing? Uh, so yeah, I'm doing them as live streams, but I, I hired an editor who, and I think it's a good idea. He said, but he's like, why do you want to do the live streams? I'm like, well, because I'd like people to like ask questions mm-hmm. that we could talk about. I said, well, how about you do that and then take the live stream down and I'll edit right, like a tighter podcast and can do yeah. clips and all that type of stuff. I'm like, actually, that's a pretty good idea because then there's like, if you want to be involved, you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty a ramshackle and I'm not really good at like <laughs> arranging and polishing things. So yeah. if that guy can take two days and do it, then... It just looks like a nice kind of polished podcast. For sure. Whereas, you know, so I think I think it's a nice way to, like, I'd, I'd like it to be nice, but I, like, I'm not, this isn't my strength. Yeah. I can barely do an introduction, <laughs> you know. I just like having a chat. Dude, the introduction was, that killed me for a year. Like, I would, I had it yeah. taped up, like, next to the screen, and I would sit there, and I would talk, like, and I'm like, and I'd practice, and I could, and I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to bone this. I'm going to bone this. Like, every single time in my head, I was saying that, and, um. But the, my problem with the video was it took forever to upload. So the concept of taking mm-hmm. video, editing that, and then uploading it again, I'm like, I don't want to sp- like I don't want to spend that time. And the time it takes to edit the audio and upload that is a fraction. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can barely afford the time. Like, I'm going to do one with uh, Rory soon. Mm-hmm. Um, do time for time and like. So I'm emailing him about getting like um, PDFs together and. You know, I'm going to spend this evening preparing for it. Yeah. I'm like, I I don't have time to do, like, th- this takes time already. Yeah. Because I want it to be something where we can look at stuff and I don't have to Google, mm-hmm. you know, while mm-hmm. we're talking or anything. I'd like it to be there. But, like, that takes enough time. So not to mention, like, so it, to be honest, it was an editor. He edits um, the Ink Pulp podcast and he reached out to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I probably wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have known who to get onto. Sure. Right. But he wants to do more video stuff. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well if I can pay you a bit of money, then cool. Then I don't have to do it. And so we, we did take it. We tried to do Riverside, but Riverside doesn't do, um, I'm not able to show stuff on mm-hmm. screen. Cause I want to show scripts and pages. You and can, stuff. if you pay even more money. Yeah. So I paid money. And then once I paid money, it was like, no, 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 you need to be a business account. I'm like, Oh Jesus. Cause I actually quite like this layout. I like the Riverside layout a lot. It's actually sure. much better, but like, also, you can't like share stuff easily, and it's like I was like I, I would be on the I'd be on the live stream going oh, for fuck's sake, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to, <laughs> you know. And he, <laughs> I, I think for video streamyard is far better. I, I don't know if you're using streamyard, but I it, I am yeah because the overlays are really intuitive. You can create your own shapes that you want. There's a lot of benefits for it, but for the audio side, I, I kept looking at Riverside. I'm like, it's just so much better for as a tool for the audio side no the the editor was trying to talk me into riverside you know like he was he, he I, I even i even got a paid account but that's when i realized it wasn't going to work but yeah um he i like i liked everything about it and everything he said was true yep but yeah that um feature i just i need it for what i'm doing because i want to be able to go like oh yeah see, see that in the script but over here in the pencils yeah but i'd have to unshare the screen select the thing, share the screen. Like I'd have to click three things to get through it. And that would kill the conversation. And, um, and I bought one of those, um, 
Elgato controllers back when we were doing it for the video. So I could preload stuff onto that and push a button and it would show up, which was great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you were, you were just talking about getting someone to edit it. Like, I'm just like, Hey man, play to your strengths. My strengths aren't doing the deep research, like sitting back and reading, you know, your comic book or anybody else's comic book. That's no big deal. I can, I can sit and read sure. a book. I can do that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can go on to, you know, onto Wikipedia or whatever and just go, oh, okay, I get an idea of what like their life, their life story is as far as their, their career goes. But doing all that prep work is like, man, like nobody's paying me to do this. So why am I putting that, that effort into it when I don't think the return is that great? I don't think I, it's, it makes it any better. It's true. Yeah. Well, like, well for, for me, there's a benefit because at least it's self-promotion. Yes, for know? sure. Uh, and I'm trying to tie it where somebody who I'm working it's so it's it's interview somebody who I've worked with because we could talk about stuff nobody else can really talk about mm-hmm. you know something that worked or didn't work or it's a I, I don't really hear those conversations it's always people who you know like oh I love your work I love your work too yeah but you know I think you don't hear about collaborations that much one two uh, I think the visual aspect is different to mm-hmm. anything else um and three I had a third thing there but I've kind of forgotten about it now um was oh yeah it also does work as a promotional element so you know rory and me we have time before time five out so we can talk about the book itself mm-hmm. and also he has spawn issue 350 so right. yeah know, we can talk about that too so it's not just me but at least <laughs> no. it's always promoting my stuff and it's promoting their stuff too ideally you know so totally. so it's not money it's not like 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 i said you're not getting this isn't a job but at no. least the time i'm spending is does benefit me to some degree you know? of course of course i mean listen we, no okay listen i didn't do i didn't start off doing this for any any ulterior motive i was mm-hmm. my wife was in ireland and i was stuck here and i'm like i need something to do so i reached out yeah. to our college buddies and said hey let's talk and let's hang out let's draw let's just do the thing that we used to do when we were dumb young guys then I, that, like I said, I start building on stuff. I'm like, well, let me just start asking other art college buddies. And then, you know, then I'm like, well, let me ask my, my peers in the comic business from the nineties. And then that it just, so it just kind of tumbleweeded towards something, which wasn't, in, it wasn't completely intentional. Um, but now I'm like, okay, I need to make this some, <laughs> like, it's so funny you talked about this, man, because today I was running an errands and I was thinking I'd want to do like, I don't know, like a, a series of podcasts, maybe video. I don't know. I mean, w- w- you know, who knows what it will be, but talking to people like yourself and other creators who have podcasts and talk about the pitfalls, the foibles, the, the, the growth issue, you know, like, you know, like I. That'd be interesting. Well, I mean, like I, if I'm comic famous, like what, like a hundred people watch video, like, and it's not, like it's very uh, like I know I, I I think there is huge potential with YouTube and stuff like that on podcasts. Sure, um, you know I don't know the stuff that seems to hit doesn't seem to be particularly good. The stuff that's particularly good doesn't seem to hit. Like it's it's a whole it's it's completely subjective, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's some kind of I definitely think there's like a big area there for some kind of like good stuff to break through mm-hmm. and i'm not saying i'm that I, I don't want to become a podcaster it's not my strength be careful i do like i do like talking to people um i like my problem is knowing when to stop talking because my friend Stephen mooney he's, he's every time i put up an episode he's like would you stop talking over them right you know and that's my problem because i want to jump in 
<laughs> you know, um, so I have to, I have to force myself to stop, but, um, but I'm also living on my own and I don't get to see like people a lot. So it's partly social, part promotional, part, um, you know, being able to, because also it's hard to push your own stuff. And at least this is a kind of, um, uh, an avenue in where I can, like I said, talk about a book or talk about something I'm working on and like the thing is like, I will have to do this for a while for that to work I think I know that like the thing with the internet is it has to be regular and it has to be mm-hmm. you know uh, you know on time so I'm I'm trying to maybe like do two a month max there's no way I could do more than that um, and see how it goes but I, I think I think the up to production of the last one has worked really nicely so okay. I think maybe the first ones again were ramshackle live streams sure. but uh, now I have a video intro uh you know and um a format that looks nice so if i can keep this up for a little bit yeah i think maybe maybe you could do i, I don't know I don't well it's <laughs> <laughs> yes everyone's tuning in for some quality crack here um yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean it's like it, it's it takes it's funny because when i like inevitably i kind of take my foot off the gas around the holidays just because other stuff and sure I, I find it so much like I, two things happen. One, like a junkie, my body's craving the conversations. And the other thing is I find it so hard to like get that stone rolling again, you know, come, come the new year. I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta make sure I gotta schedule some people. And, you know, so it's, it's this weird kind of thing, but when you are rolling and doing it, it isn't very hard. You know, you sit down, you have your conversation of however long you like to record and that's it. And for you, I mean, man, I have to ask you how much money you're paying because I would love to have someone to edit, you know, just to clean it up, just clean up the audio. And- I'll, I'll t- uh, it's, I mean, I'll tell you, the, um, I think it's like 100 an episode mm. and he'll do four clips. Right. Which is okay. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. pretty good. Like, we, he, did, he did the two clips and uh, I was looking at Instagram and like, I instantly noticed that like people just, they love the clips. Yes. You know, it gets people watch it. And I, it's so, but I look, I'm not going to be able to do that. Right. But he already does it and knows what he's doing. So great. Yep. You know, um, I think, I think the tough thing was just setting it all up. Like he sat, he sat down with me. We went through like this one app where we'll upload everything onto the different social medias and trying Riverside and him listening to me like sw- swearing and cursing when the thing didn't work. But, you know, we took a couple of days, went through it all, and now that's done. Like I'm not, I'm not crazy busy right now. So I kind of said to him, like, I can do it now mm-hmm. in two weeks. I may not have the, li- I may not have the luxury of working this out. So now that it's worked out on one episode, I'm hoping that I can just kind of, like, for example, I'm going to do this with Rory. It's great that we can promote our own thing. You know, it's like having a, I can make this little platform where I can promote it. And the next one I'm going to do with them, Justin Mason, who's doing Marvel stuff now, and then. Uh, drew with thundercats like mm-hmm. i think and then the the second alien trade will be out so i'll talk to andrea you know i, I think there's enough i've worked with enough people and done enough projects and they're all doing enough stuff where i think i could actually probably do it for a while yeah. you know um and and i love this stuff like i love hearing people talk about craft and people don't really kieran gillen had a really good podcast um with talking craft stuff but like he was crazy busy so he wasn't able to keep it up yeah um uh, I think as long as I don't do, it's not something where it becomes overwhelming. Um, you know, if I can do a, a, an evening of preparation, the next evening do the podcast, and then Jamie can take care of everything else, then I'm actually, it's, it's not too bad. Right. Um, but not many people talk 
craft. Like that's why I like to talk in, you know, like that's why I like talking to you. Like yeah. that that side of things comes up. But you know, other times it's just like, so you know, well, what's I, it like writing whatever? You're like, which is fine. I don't mind yeah, it at all. Yeah. But I do get, I get more of a kick out of the 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 why and the how rather than the what. That makes sense. <laughs> it's a, it's that thing like when you get first get in the business, like you you quickly learn. It's like it probably doesn't benefit you to sit there and like gush over the other creators that you're working, you know, you're sitting at tables with. So, you know, like it's the same thing, man. You just, you want to talk and get into like the things like, you know, I'm talking to, I, I talked to Bob Fingerman last week and he like says, Oh, well, like, you know, Dave Johnson, you know, you know, hooked me up with these Kurataki, you know, marker pens. And I'm like, Oh man, they're the best, you know? And like, we're just mm-hmm. getting into the, those kinds of things because, that's what how, that's what all I ever talked about with my comic buddies is like all the things like how do you do this how are you doing that like what is the thing because there's just so many you know thoughts like I look at your work and like I'm reading you know old dog and I'm you know I'm thinking like oh I gotta ask I gotta ask Deck you know about like the difference between child version of him and modern version of him when it comes to drawing you know and i'll i'll ask you that question in a bit but like mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff because i think about it looking like i had this great instructor for design a long 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 time ago and he said listen i'm going to teach you things and i'm going to ruin you how you look at things in life like once i tell <laughs> you about typography you're going to see all these problems around you for the rest of your life and i'm like okay yeah and the second you make your own whatever it is every you all you are is a conscious observer of whatever that thing is forever. Like it's hard to get the mm-hmm. wool pulled over your eye anymore. Well, yeah, same thing from a right. Like if you like, if you do screenwriting courses, you can never watch a movie again. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> right. the, the type of thing, you know, totally. it's like finding that balance. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, you, since you're writing all the time, like you're every time you watch something, you want to figure out what the thing is and what the next moves are before they happen, because you want to know where your storytelling, you know, internal mechanism is in relationship to, you know, a full on full production, like you go, oh, okay, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I get it. I'm in the, I'm in the right territory of what, what's happening. So, um, yeah, listen, I get it, dude. You're, I mean, you'll, you'll get fine with it because if you can figure out how to do, you know, a production based medium like comic books, you can figure this out. Yeah, that's true. Like I think maybe we talked about it last time, but like um, after me and Jordy broke up. And I wasn't able, like, I didn't have anyone to rely on coloring wise. And she had mm-hmm. made me look so good for so long. I had a total, like, confidence leak. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm even any good anymore. Like, so then I decided I'm going to upscale. And I, you know, worked, I think I worked out design. I'd kind of taught myself in design. And I did all the dressing for bog bodies. And and then I'm going to teach myself to color. And then, and like, I think I don't want to letter, but I did buy um, Nate Picos's lettering book. I'm like, I'm probably going to look at, I might mess around with it. I don't want a letter. I, I, I've done it before. I did it back 15 years ago and I hated it. Mm-hmm. So I've no interest in actually doing it, but I do want to know how to do it. Like I, sure. I, I think, I think that's what I did in the last few years. I've just kind of retracted a little bit. I'm drawing less, but I've learned more. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of have more control over everything, which is now I'm becoming a narcissist, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny when I, when I was trying to break into the business, I was still in art, school at the time and i it's when i first uh, met michael golden and we you know he was super kind and would let me come into his office and we'd sit and talk for you know during his work hours for 
you know, a long time, every chunk. And, um, you know, he's like, listen, learn how to do every single bit of the prod of the book, because yeah, not to say that you have to do all this stuff, but the fact that you can do it makes you understand what the constraints are for the person who's doing it. And it allows you to speak to the people doing it in their language. No, that's a very good point. I mean, I, I didn't have the luxury of Michael Golden telling me that, but I had to figure it out my own. Um, like I said, I hated lettering when I started out, but I did it. And because I had done it, it was great training for me to know how to leave how much space when yeah. I was for balloons when I was doing layouts. Mm. And when I was working for Marvel, I remember the letter I worked with, he was like, he was like, oh, these are really easy to letter. And I realized why it's because I had to train myself to, you know, to have the speaking order and everything. And, you know, coloring, I think coloring has made me better to, or at least I went out with a colorist. So I had a good idea of how to talk to colorists. And as a writer, I have a good idea how to talk to artists. So like mm-hmm. everyone should do, not even like learn how to do it properly, but just at least try it to have a decent sense of, um, of, of how, of how to how it's done, how to do it, how to talk to people. This is gold, by the way. We're missing out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think it's 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 so true. Um, don't worry, the, we're recording. It automatically records. Um, oh, right, okay, all right, good, good, because <laughs> this is quality stuff. Yeah, uh, it'll be on the cutting no. floor otherwise. Yeah, I think that I think learning all those things. I mean, but how did you, how did you have the wherewithal to know, like, hey, I'm gonna have to. You know, because I mean, we don't make a lot of room for word balloons because we're we're drawing these cool pictures. So, like, you know, like, what was it like? Was it looking at somebody else's stuff, or did you get some feedback? Like, what was the tip off? No, I mean, I think I mean back when I was a kid and you're trying to figure it out, there were some. You know, there was there was how to draw the Marvel way. Mm -hmm. You know, the you know that was it's kind of in there at some stage. Um, I remember. Marvel did like a second tryout book and it showed you the, how the letters were done. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, so that was kind of in there, but I did, um, um, I think I always just did, did that, but I, I, I did specifically letter. Um, I did a kind of an Irish, um, so, so a small press book where I had to letter that. So I had to figure out how to do it. And I think that probably gave me a better, I think, cause I just went like, ah, they'll fit there. But then right. I had a much better idea of, how they fit and even now when i'm writing i never really write stuff that's going to be a big block of a balloon i'll i'll you know i'll make it instead of one cap with a lot of dialogue i'll probably have three caps which might be a little bit more work for the letter sometimes but i think it gives them more flexibility as to where if there's not a lot of room you can at least kind of move one around a bit mm-hmm. but it's you know it's very hard to take an entire huge block of text and it's not that malleable you know right um it's just doing though. I think a lot of it was just doing it and working it out as I went along. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of this cases, cause people have asked me questions now and I've just been doing it so long now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just muscle memory and it's very hard for me to think like, why do I do that? Yeah. I, I just can't remember. It's just kind of, it's just kind of hardwired in me now at this stage. I just instinctively know, you know, move it here. <laughs> Leave it there. This should be there. Sure. Just, just, it's my, I just think it's muscle memory at this stage now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for me, one of the artists that I've noticed the writing, or actually not the writing, the the lettering issue, not, and not an issue, but the masterful use of space was Walt Simonson. Like Mm -hmm. Walter, 
to me, nobody can make more space on a, on a page and in a panel than he can. Like he has this amazing sense of volume that he can put into a panel. And then you would like, well, also the, the way he's lettered, it was uh, who lettered him? John Workman. Was, um, that's Workman, of course. Yeah. And Workman's Workman's balloons are like a design element, much totally. like totally the drawing. So I, I, I don't I don't think there's a more symbiotic combo lettering style and art style than those two together. Totally. And like I just remember, like you know, like he would in the in the sound effects, you know, these like doom scrat a boom, you know, like super long, you know, like twenty eight, you know character you know word that goes all the way across the panel but and it interweaves through the you know the foreground and the background you're like it's beautiful but it makes but, you go like I, oh i, I want to like I, I i i don't think i'm a good person to talk about this because i don't i don't really like i don't really like le- lettering um i don't like sound of, do, i don't like sound effects mm-hmm. um in my own art i don't like having sound effects in there not that i don't i think they're bad i just don't think I, I like the drawing to have sound, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, that, that's uh, fine. You know, when somebody put when somebody pushes punches somebody, you feel it. You know, I don't think you mm-hmm. need a twack. Um, but I will say, as I've been writing more, um, you know, like if it's the you know alien and there's screeching or the sound of um, uh, of the guns. Like I was watching um, what was it? I was watching uh, Mayor of Kingstown, and there's a scene where mm-hmm. the SWAT crew come in, and they and as they fire, it's not like no. It's it's like no, I'm trying to try. It was like actually, I can't even do the sound. It was so like low and oh, menacing. Really? I just remember thinking like, oh yeah, it's good. That's yeah. a good sound. So I actually like writing sound effects for other people, mm-hmm. not myself. I don't want to draw them. I don't want them in my own work really. Um, but it's generally kind of a balancing effect because I write stuff for artists and editors will, might come in and suggest other sound effects. So I'm always kind of battling them with a little bit where I'm going, I'm okay with those two, but I don't want those three. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Again, instinctual. I just feel like I think I have a feeling for like, what's a, you know, like a, a good place for one and what's a bad place for one in my own work. I don't really want them at all, but I, I think I had some in old dog, um, but yeah, not too much, right. but I kind of go more heavy when I'm writing for somebody else. Cause they're, they are fun to write. Um, and I work with Clayton Coles a lot, and I I love what he does. He's so good. Um, He's so. I want to work good. with Joe. With Joe was different because Joe actually I, I probably learned to like writing um sound effects from working with Joe Palmer on um time before time because he drew he he drew them in the page mm-hmm. and they were always so cool. Yeah, his lettering um, his lettering style is very cool. Like his stylized work, yeah, it's fun. And but also Hassan, who was the letter of the book, he would also do really cool effect sometimes mm-hmm. that joe didn't do and i really liked it because a lot of people thought that hassan did all of the sound effects whereas mm-hmm. joe actually did more than people give him credit for but they, they both were so good at it um which was against would be against my artistic instincts sure but you know i also appreciate people who are good at what they do and like by all means if if joe wants to draw a massive foom or whatever then Cool. Like, yeah, because I, I, it's going to look great. Like, I don't want to do it, but he's going to do it and it's going to look class. Well, but there's the, but there's also the, <laughs> you're, you're dredging of all this stuff. But like, there's this thing. You know, penciling takes time. And mm-hmm. if you are drawing the script and you think, hey, it would be great to have a word balloon or it's in the script, like, hey, there's a sound effect here. I, I'm going to draw that sound effect because then I don't have to draw the background. 
I can I can only I can indicate what's happening in you know what's in the space, but I can I can take up a chunk of that with the you know with my foom and leave it and leave the recipe and move on to the next panel. I get it now. They're just lazy. Yeah, we're inherently <laughs> lazy. Come well, on. No. Well, no, I mean, uh, I, no, actually, you know, I, I would disagree with that. Well, I mean, I think, yes, that's entirely possible, but I, I think it's kind of harder to draw to make that work. You, it's easy to draw a building, you know, like a, a building in the background, you know, a few, a few lines of the ruler up and down, scribble it in there otherwise, but making like a 3D design element work mm-hmm. as part of the whole of the thing. Like, I mean, I, like, like someone like Joe, for example, like I think what he did was more interesting than just drawing the rest of a background. And I, I do think that stuff could be like, I would have a very hard time doing that now. Right. Even though, like you said, it could, it could shake, it could take up a lot of the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, like I'll draw graffiti on walls sometimes in yes, backgrounds and, 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 but I like, I like drawing it, but I don't know how good I am at it. Um, well, there's only one way to find out deck, go get yourself some spray paint and go hit the streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go back to my uh, a lot of college friends who did that. Yeah, um, get, carry did, skateboard um, and just run around and spray paint stuff. I don't, I don't have the knees for that now. No, 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 I don't um, think anyone anyone does. <laughs> yeah. I do. I am doing a cover for Marvel at the moment, actually, and it's um, it's in the style of an old um, horror novel. Mm. So I had to like, um, you know, like, like I, I think um, as much as I like doing design stuff for my books, I have a very hard time with um, uh, fonts. I tend to just ask Sasha Head. What font do you think would be good here? Because I don't want to do. Um, but so I actually looked at a lot of old fonts and stuff like that, and I drew it out by hand. And I was like trying to make. I, I think I, I posted something on Twitter going like I I, di- I got into comics, so I didn't have to do maths. Right. Um, because I had to work out all this stuff, and so that was an interesting challenge. I had to, had to draw text like that before, mm. but um, but um, yeah, it was interesting. But I do have a hard, I, I do have a hard time with it. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes it's good to try something that you aren't good at because it you get too comfortable with the stuff that you are good at. Well, I think, I mean, I I think the more you can mentally cross train on anything that you do, the, the, Mm. just the better your Kung Fu is going to be for the thing that you do do. Well, like it's taken me way longer to do this cover than to just draw, like draw a cool shot of Wolverine. Um, but because there's a design element that'll be worth through the series, it's probably going to like, take me way way less to do the rest of the covers because mm-hmm. it's basically one design element with a different picture the picture is probably going to take me very little time right but i spent a lot of time figuring out the frame so it kind of feels like I'm, i'll be cheating on the later covers but i did spend like way too long like ruling things and making sure they were clean and uh, you know, I didn't send it to a flatter to get flattered because I needed to kind of like work out the perfect dimensions myself. So it's, I think, um, you know, when you're working a lot as a freelance artist, you're always timing. You're like, okay, it's going to take me a day to do this and a day to do that and a half day to do this. Mm-hmm. So in order to be productive, you'll plan everything out that way. But um, sometimes there's a job that will just, you know, tr- drive a train right through what you think your, your schedule is going to be. Um, and that can be absolute disaster, but I think it can also just keep you on your toes too, which mm-hmm. when you're stressed and you're trying to get stuff done, like the argument of like, hey, it's good for your craft to be on your toes is not what you want to hear. No, <laughs> no. no. But but it's ultimately can be good for you, you know? It's like um it's like getting bullied, you know. Nobody wants to be bullied, but sometimes 
sometimes you're probably better off because you got sure uh, you, you know you know how to you know how to take it and you know how to stand up for yourself mm. you know like there's some yeah, yeah. there's some plus sides not that it's fun yeah we're pro bullying and oh yeah this, this, this is this is this is a pro bullying <laughs> podcast um like it do you now here's the here's the uh the ego question because i know because i know what the answer is for me and the answer is yes but you know building up your chops on the understanding of the lettering aspect does the sort of cliff chang you know catwoman idea float in your head of saying you know hey i could do i could do a book i could do like a short series all me just you know pure you know pure deck mm-hmm. Have, are you familiar with old dog because that's exactly well, what happened like, somebody lettered that for was, you <laughs> Yes, no, somebody lettered it for me. I don't, I don't, I think it would be, I would letter something that's, well, Old Dog is actually very personal. It doesn't look like it, but it is. Um, but maybe some, maybe something a bit more uh, like limited, maybe like a 48 page right. thing or yeah. something like that. Some, you know, something manageable, you know, not like a 20 issue series, uh, you know, uh, like like all over 100 pages. I think that'd probably be too much. I think, I think I'll definitely play with something on it. But like for me, like when I was doing old, old dog, uh, and I I saw Cliff's stuff, uh, specifically the Catwoman stuff, and I saw he coloured and lettered. I'm like, because I was I was going to ask a good friend of mine to I had asked him actually at one stage to colour it, but because I decided to upskill while I was at Marvel colouring my own stuff, I did a Hulk one shot that I wrote and drew, and I've been colouring my own covers for a year or so, and again I was trying to upskill and I was like. I think I'd like to color this story. Hmm. So I asked if I could and they were up for it. And I knew it was going to be a lot of work to, it's one thing to color a cover, but like sequential pages are a whole other matter. Yeah. Um, and when I had, so I basically used it as an excuse to pay myself to learn. Um, and it was tough, but I was very, very happy with the experience. So then when I, was, I knew I was going to do Old Dog and I realized if I have somebody else color this, I feel like I would have done, I would have put more of myself into this Marvel one shot, which I was happy to, don't be wrong, but I felt like I might have been cheating myself creatively if I stepped back hmm. and had somebody else color Old Dog because it actually was quite personal and I was trying to upskill, you know. Um, so, that, that, so I think I think seeing Cliff's Catwoman was further. Um, was more of a kick up my own arse just to go like just go for it, yeah. like just go all in on this book you can you can you don't have to color the next thing just try it on this you know and we like i would say one of the best thing one of the nicest things i hear back is like people asking if jordy colored or matt wilson colored it Mm -hmm. you know i'm like no 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 it was it was was me they're like really like really you and like if i'm going to be mistaken for those colors not bad yeah i will i will bloody take it um so that's it and i think weirdly because i colored myself my art was a little bit i don't know it seemed to keep it seemed to catch some people off guard art-wise from artists, which was cool because you don't often get that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it is any better or worse, but um, but that, yeah, but that was like seeing Cliff do everything on Catwoman. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a, it's a, it's an incredibly, it's an interesting bar that he's set for a lot of pros where you go, because mm-hmm. like to be able to have the sort of the confidence to say I'm going to do this, and in not, and it, and in no way did Cliff say it was easy. Like he didn't just like you know cruise mm. past the whole thing. I'm, he you know he worked and labored all the way through these four issues. But 
for him and just like yourself, like creating the frames for those that series of covers that are going to come out or for saying, hey, I'm going to color this this series. Like these are these creative sort of like, you know, brain worms that get into our head where it's really, really hard to let them go. Because if we let them go and, and then it's just, then it becomes something that is under or below what our expectations are for ourselves. And that's yeah. really hard to live with that. Well, like, well, the my problem is now actually really like coloring myself. Okay. Um, I quite enjoy it. Um, but I'm, I'm, it looks like I'll probably be doing um, a work for hire thing next. Um, and I'm like, will I color that myself? Mm. But I think I told myself if it's not old dog, like say Alien, I just did like a backup kind of um, flashback story. I colored that myself. I think because I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to color that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only ultimately twenty something pages, so it was fine. But um, if I do like a mini or something at Marvel or DC, uh, how else? Man, I don't know. It depends, man. Like if I got to do like a Batman book, I think I'd have to go. So it's like all the way. Okay, so it's subject determinate. In a sense, like if if yes. it's if yeah, it's yeah. a character that you're like this character sort of sits way deep in my soul, like I think I have to do it this way because otherwise I'll feel I didn't get to express. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I think the, the thing it looks like I'll be doing next, I think I'm gonna ha- I will I will not color it, mm-hmm. not because I'm not invested because I am, but I think that um, for me I'm like I don't want to spend too much time away from old dog, mm-hmm. and if I color this on top of writing and drawing it, then. Uh, like i don't i don't want to i don't i don't want it to completely stop me on old dog you know and i yeah. think if i'm coloring it as well that'll just be an, an extra 20 percent that i maybe want to save and keep old dog going sure. you know um uh, and you know like there's some colors i'd love to work with as well but i i would say like i have to talk myself out of coloring now at this stage because <laughs> well, i do not too bad I do, I do quite like yeah. it yeah so mm. suck it deadpool you're not getting colored by deck this month so <laughs> well actually i okay I, I can't say i can't say what it is because i have a project where i won't be drawing something but um i'll be writing some of it and i won't be drawing it but i'll probably color some of it oh cool um so I think instead of coloring the work for hire job, I'd probably end up coloring a non. It'll be a job that doesn't pay because mm-hmm. it'll be my own project. Um, but I'll get to color some really cool artists. So I think that'll kind of be interesting. Yeah, that creatively is cool. interesting. You know, I'd maybe instead of like coloring me on a work for hire project, you know, at least this thing would be something that kind of challenges me in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I've colored. I colored two. I've only colored two other people outside of myself eric shanauer and dave johnson that's it and uh it's not too bad no it was great it was great you know and eric requested me which was really strange that was it was for a vertigo Hmm. thing and um and dave and i were roommates at the time and he just was so far behind on his timeline he was like here and i'm like all right so it's good it's not a bad way to get work no (laughs) like i am I colored um, Andrea Bricardo, uh, the artist on Alien. He didn't really do many, he didn't get to do many covers, but he did get to do one um, variant. And um, we didn't have a color. We could have had the series colorist color it, but um, I, I loved the drawing. So I just asked the editor, mm-hmm. I was like, could I color it? Um, and I did. So that I really liked, um, it was cool with Alien because while we needed another artist, I was able to come on. And when we needed a colorist, 
or not that we needed the colors, we could have, you know, it wouldn't have been hard to get the colors, but I liked the, um, that felt like there was a kind of a nice synergy, a creative synergy between writing art uh, that way. And, and like, I lo- like, it was actually really nice to really get in on his work and because mm-hmm. he did like lots of nice tonal work that he didn't do, you know, he, he wouldn't be able to do on, his, on the storytelling pages. So I got to really go in and see some lovely stuff and kind of, I don't know, it felt you know it was cool to jam on something mm. and it was it wasn't normally it's the creator on stuff where you do that because you have to you don't have to ask people and there's no like you know hoops to jump through right but alien was really cool because like um the editor was great to work with and she like like pretty much it was on board whatever we wanted to try so i don't know that was i was just a cool moment i don't know why i'm so sentimental about that <laughs> but it was cool it <laughs> is cool so how, do, how does the so with the inter- interjection of coloring into your, you know, into your, into books, I mean, not covers, but we're talking going for books. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that change your approach? It has to change, it has to change your approach to tackling the page. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I never thought about color when I was drawing. Mm. Never. Um, I wasn't good at, I didn't really get the hack of painting in art college. Um, I, I did fine art printmaking, so it was all there was color involved. But you're talking like two, three colors, stuff like that. Um, and I generally just like doing one color stuff anyway. So I never really thought about color. Um, and like sharing a space with Jordi Belair, you know, I would have liked to have like learned how to color mm-hmm. with her, but it didn't never really panned out. She kind of she was really good at like mentoring other people, but not so much me. Um, I think we shared a space, so like her patience was uh was, right. was shorter, but um, but so while I was well, that sucked. What I did do, I think, was I did I did uh, soak in a lot of like um, ideas she'd have or things she'd notice or you know stuff she we'd have conversations about. So I think a, a lot of that kind of seeped into my brain over time, mm-hmm. um, and I mean after we stopped working together, I had the benefit of uh, seeing one of the best colors in the industry color so many of my pages. <laughs> so like, I'm like, how will I color my clouds? I'm like, oh, wait, I'll just look up the screen we did once. <laughs> you have a cheat sheet. It's an amazing job. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So that actually did help. The problem was was technically learning a lot of the stuff, and Matt Wilson was really helpful there. Um, he told me that um, I had good ideas. I just lacked the technical know-how mm. of how to like do it in Photoshop. So I just kind of trained myself up that way. So once, I think once I started doing that, I noticed like, okay, well, I can't, there's not a lot I can technically do, but I think I can think about it. I can have ideas about it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was like using limited palette. You know, I don't know how to use, I don't know how to paint realistically. So I'm going to stick with like a very limited palette and work within those restrictions. And I often find writing, drawing, restrictions can actually be incredibly helpful not ne- they're not necessarily a problem you can actually really it yeah. can force you to make more creative decisions so that's kind of what i did i when i was starting out drawing i was go- i was not there was a lot i wasn't good at drawing but i had a good sense of composition hmm. so i really leaned on composition to cover up bad drawing and then i tried to upscale my drawing so then when i started to teach myself to color i kind of did the same thing i'm like oh well i can use good spot colors limited palettes um and then raise up my skill um so with the storytelling aspect that that was one thing i remember i'd watch shows with jordy and she'd point out like oh like um you know uh i think it was like 
we watched an episode of Daredevil one time and um, she pointed out the exit sign was red. Mm-hmm. And that's where Dare, Daredevil came in. Little things like that. Like in a lot of films, she'd point stuff out. And it just made me think about color more. Um, but I mean, that was years before I started. So by the time I started, I think it just made me, what I started doing was, um, it's what I do now is uh, I'll do my layouts normal. And I scan my layouts and I color them. So the layouts are, you know, they're, this is, they can't see this on the uh, on the podcast, but you can see, yeah. I'll draw my layouts mm-hmm. like this size uh, and then I'll, I'll color them on the, on I'll scan them like and basically color them like a regular piece, and mm-hmm. um, but very roughly to figure out what I'm going to do. So it's a great, it's a great test. Um, it's a way to try something out mm-hmm. with no, um, with no. It's a, uh, it's a it's a low buck entry. You're not spending a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah. So by the time I'm working on the finished piece and I've I've drawn the actual finished page, I've already worked everything out. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally I'm just I'm just picking colors at that stage, and I have all the. Any any problems I have layout wise, sorry, from the drawing wise, will be figured out in the layouts, and from coloring wise, I would have also figured out in the layouts. So I'm not um, humming and hawing because that is one thing I would. It's one thing I really didn't understand how Jordy could do it was um, she would like be coloring something and she'd have a color palette and then she would just change it like this. Hmm. Uh, I remember remember being over her shoulder one time and I'm like, oh, that's really cool, and then she's like, mm, yeah, and then something else. I'm like, oh, oh. Oh, that's really cool too. Like, right. I didn't know how she was able to just switch like that. Yeah. I would be way more. Oh, I don't know. That's good now. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I'd be, I, I would be agonizing over it. But I think I cut that stage out for myself because I'm doing it. That you know, when you do it in layouts, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be precious about it. You're going to try stuff out. So I feel like that's where I work it out. So by the time I'm working the finished piece, all that decision making has been done for me. Um. And it's much easier to like say, I'm going to have this scene be blue when you're looking at the whole scene on a page, mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at like five different files on your computer and go, oh, open this one. And then it takes a minute to open. And then your color pick, like it's, I think, you know, it would be like trying to paint a series of paintings and they're all in a different room. Sure. You know, whereas the way I work, I can, I can just look at the whole comic and I can just figure things out mm-hmm. from there. Now, I will say, I don't think I draw any differently just because I know it's going to be colored. But um, I think maybe I'll maybe, when I'm inking, have a couple of rim lights. Like I might just leave a little bit of white, okay. might shadow somebody. And then before I might have just blacked out the edge. Mm-hmm. Now I'll probably leave a little bit of white because I know I can pop in a color there later on. Little. Yeah tiny things like that but I, I'd, I'd shifted a lot from like heavy black and white to a lot of like value stuff in grays mm-hmm. um so i think um because i do a lot of value work in the inks um i don't necessarily need to do that the colors i think that was maybe what i was very scared of about coloring years ago right uh not getting having a good sense of values um so just yeah i'm sorry i think i'm all I, no I, no I no you're I, you're, you're, no, you're, on po- your you're on point with it i think that you know it's interesting because the <clears throat> The digital tool of coloring, as as it stands, can do so much heavy lifting in the artwork phase that wasn't the case with coloring, you know, decades ago. Coloring decades ago set tone, but it really worked for delineation. You know, this is a car in the background. You know, this is the difference between the Hulk's, you know, arm and the other person the hulk is grappling with so like you could so you could see everything with much more clarity but now 
you can have all this all of this sort of like really magical powers you know that you can apply to these pages which you know can be overwhelming but nonetheless it's this great level of interest like you can think ahead like say okay cool i'm going to leave this area to put a put you know a reflected rim light here or you could make sure that you when you're inking something you can leave that on a separate layer because you know i'm going to change the color of that whole thing so it's not I, well, you see, I, I do I do everything on the page, so uh, I, yeah. there's very very few times where I will do something where I'll add another element later. Mm-hmm. I think um, with Old Dog, maybe the you know there's like the strips that happen in the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, those were drawn elements that I put in later. Other than that, I like everything to be on, on the, the page. page. Um, I think the only time I maybe will make a decision is it might be a case where. Um, maybe it's a reflection or it's an effect mm. that I would do with a wash normally. And I realized that if I, if I do color hold on that, it might be too light. Um, I might actually need it to be darker. Mm-hmm. So I will do a dark line on it and just change it in. Like say uh, gun blast is a good example. Um, if it's like a magic effect, mm-hmm. I'd use one more washes um, with a gun blast. I'd probably just do a line. Uh, like a textured brush line and then do color hold on that because it'll be um uh more intense you yeah. know you might need a more intense color um but if the wash is very light then you're not going to get an intense color like you can but it'll be very softened so little just little tiny mm-hmm. adjustments like that i'm i'm more aware of but like when i did that hulk one shot that felt like when i colored it it felt like i was a cinematographer you know mm. that's kind of like that was like a lot of geordie's influence there um you know, green was a very powerful color to use. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I specifically remember thinking of that Daredevil episode where there's a sign that says exit and it's green, mm-hmm. you know, because Hulk's going to show up. Right. Um, you know, the, uh, the uh, I'm just trying to think of what, where else did I use that? The, I, I definitely thought a lot about color with that Hulk one shot because I separated all the scenes color wise. I had little kind of, green accents here and there like i really really enjoyed you know thinking about color as a storytelling tool Mm -hmm. you know not just coloring it in but like using color in uh, to enhance the storytelling and i really really liked that that's i think that's why i wanted to do it with old dog too because um i'm i'm big on collaboration and i really like working with other people and um uh working with geordie as well made me very good at working with colorists as well i think um, but now I'm becoming more controlling over my own work. Um, but uh, but I, uh, I I I think it's it's been nice to have a project where I'm completely in control over everything. Yeah. Because as because as of as the writing has taken off, I'm working with a lot more creative people and letting them do that. Like I'm not, you know, I don't treat other projects like I treat Old Dog. You know, I I, I want people to bring their ideas and and do cool things and um uh. And I think uh, that stops me from becoming a complete um, control <laughs> freak because because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try control everybody else because I have my own thing where I can be I can be controlling you know sure. uh, I'm not um, yeah yeah that makes complete uh, sense hmm. yeah um, unless everyone I work with disagrees and thinks, <laughs> that, thinks that I it's like geez yeah right sure deck yeah you're not controlling um, no only because like I I you know I know what it's like to work on stuff where you don't really feel like you're getting to contribute and um, um, like I'm talking to Drew on Thundercats right now and he's been really like, oh, thanks so much for 
you know, listening to me on this and adding this in there. I'm like, like, I feel if you're doing work that you're excited about, that translates on the page and then that translates to the reader. It's a completely subjective argument. There is no studies to show that this works. There's no proof to show that it works. But I think that like, you know, excitement uh, is so hard to to generate. Um, and if I'm clamping down on somebody I'm working with, with all the time, they're going to feel beaten down. So they're not going to feel like they're energetic about what they're working on. And I think that bleeds into the page. I think that's, you know, so I'm trying to create the best opportunity for like creativity to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll of course have my own opinions and stuff like that. Like, and I think, I think, um, I think it's probably my job to have like a direction to point in. Mm-hmm. Um, like with Thundercats, like I have a very particular way of looking at the project, but I also want, I want it to be Drew's visual. Sure. You know, him lead it. But I, but I, I think just from the beginning, I'm like, well, this is where, this is the direction I'd like to go. And you off you go, mm-hmm. rather than not having any opinion, just letting him do whatever he wants, you know. Um, so I think, uh, but but I also think I don't know. It's very easy for me to think this because it works in my favor. But um, I do I do think having some direction for an artist is good too because it can be very overwhelming to just start something new and not have a clue what you're going to do with it, you know. Oh, for sure. Um, but that's a very self that's a very self serving <laughs> theory. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, there isn't typically there isn't enough of the sort of art slash creative direction in the comic book industry either you're working on sort of an established property which everybody knows and your job is to stay on model and execute the script to the best of your ability and you know maybe there's some latitude for a little like you know excitement and love in there and that's great and you know when you're doing it when you're young especially it's the best thing in the world but hmm. I think, you know, when you're starting something from scratch, even though it is something that people know, you know, in the case of the Thundercats, it's not exactly what everybody knows about the Thundercats. So you're kind of coming at it with a sort of a different at a different angle. So you have to have some sort of vision for this rather than just saying, we're just going to do the Thundercats because then it would look just like what everyone hit, saw in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm I'm personally excited about. <clears throat> I remember when Trad Moore was doing Ghost Rider years ago, and mm. uh, it was announced, and I was like, "Oh, Ghost Rider, Trad Moore, what's that going to look mm-hmm. like?" And I loved that I didn't know what it was going to look like. And then when I saw what it looked like, I'm like, "Oh, that's so cool!" You know, like Daniel Warren Johnson on on Transformers. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh, what am that's going to look?" You know, I like. I get ex- personally get excited about that kind of stuff. So, you know, I didn't, I don't want, didn't want Thundercats to be like, oh, it's just like the cartoon, right? You know, that's not. I want, you know, there to be a significant, like a noticeable twist of the knob mm-hmm. where this you you pick. It's like, oh, this isn't exactly like the comic. It's a lot. Or sorry, the cartoon. It's definitely a lot of it in there, but um, I want you to know that this is Declan Shalvey and Drew Moss's Thundercats. When I did mm-hmm. Moon, when I did Moon Knight, I wanted everyone to know this is Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey's Moon Knight. Yeah, not just any other Moon Knight. I want a, I want a, I want a book to have an identity. Mm. Um, same with Alien. Um, you know, with with, with 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 like a Marvel book, you don't necessarily have a lot of control over how it's going to look. But to be to be fair, a lot of the editors, I mean, they all love comics and they would love cool comics and they want to make cool stuff too. So you know, if they can do it, they will. In a lot of cases. Um, and Sarah Brunstad was the editor there and, you know, the conversation of who's going to draw, like I was very involved with all of it. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I wanted to make a book that had a certain feel mm-hmm. that was different to the previous Alien stories. I wanted it to look more like the Dark Horse comics. But of course, Marvel, you know, they want to do their own stuff too. So finding a like a creative balance between doing something that Marvel want, you know, they want this to look like their books, but also embrace like a more kind of a gritty tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm, I'm just really happy that like those corporate gigs, um, you know, corporate gigs makes it sound so like, you know, uh, hard done by it. It's, you know, it's great. Yeah, I was wondering um, why you're wearing but... a, a tie for this this conversation but now i understand <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i've got a briefcase for some oh. reason um i'm not what's in this? i'm not joking oh, i actually uh, my foot is resting on a briefcase i'm not kidding oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um but like uh, no but I'm, I'm really happy that those kind of like you know work for hire like work for hire you gotta let go of yeah it's not creator owned you know um but i like it to feel as creator owned as possible mm-hmm. um uh, and and I'm really glad that those th- these these two gigs where I'm basically getting to like helm, for lack of a better term, um like take over a project as the kind of tip of the spear, um and set the tone for everybody else for the for you know what 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 room the right the the, the artist and the colorist and everybody else will have um have been like I'm you know so I'm sorry I'm talking all over the place here but like I I hope that they that those projects still have like a voice um that are different mm-hmm. and that i was able to bring that and uh, it's hard to it's hard to know if that actually works i mean i i think i managed that but i have no at the same time i i'm not taking polls from readers or anything so i have no idea but um that's always just the goal of trying to make something that like has a feel an aesthetic oh. um that is different from the rest and like i, I don't know if you pick up like old dog or alien and you're like oh this is a declan charity comic we like you know like i, I really admire that about um john hickman mm-hmm. you know i know i know he's got a very heavy design influence over his stuff but at the same time i think you kind of know a hickman book when you pick it up right uh, no matter who's working on it um and i like that as a as, a, as somebody who loves writing and art mm-hmm. i like it when they work together you know that's why i like illustration and design when they work together sure. like um uh, yeah Sorry, I'm just I'm just talking like a crazy person. Now. No, no, I think you're you're expressing yourself. Um, so, I mean, you know, we've mentioned Thundercats. How did that project come come into your purview? In a very boring way. Nice. I was at a convention in Cork, in Ireland, where I met up with all the Irish lads I hadn't seen in a while. Got very drunk, went back to the hotel room, and um, the editor uh, Nate Cosby asked if I wanted to do it. And I just drunkenly went, yeah, <laughs> sent off the email. And in the morning I was like, did that happen? <laughs> um, so yeah, I just instantly said yes when I was very drunk. Nice. But um, I, uh, uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I can't say I campaigned for it. I didn't know about it. Um, uh, it's kind of, it was kind of a tough gig because I think they had just gotten the license and had to start, like, I was told like, we have to start right now, you know? Mm. Uh, and as it happened, I had just finished my last issue of Alien and I wasn't sure if there were going to be any more. So saying yes could have been a very bad thing if Alien kept going because I think time-wise I would have really shot myself in the foot. I could have been made it could have made life very hard for myself because I don't always think about writing mm-hmm. um, as work. Right. <laughs> you know? Like I think of drawing as work because I have to sit in this chair and it takes X amount of time yep. to get a page done. Writing is more nebulous. So I, in my mind, I'm like, ah, that's just going to take a couple of hours 
<laughs> but it takes it takes like a week. It takes a week. Yeah. Um, but uh, so as it worked, as it turned out, um, the alien the series, the, they they were ending the alien series, so that that slot in quite nicely to have another project to kind of like uh, you know helm. Um, but that was it. Really, we were off to the races straight away. Um, I, I I think I was I started thinking about artists, but then Nate suggested Drew Moss straight away. I think um, okay. he was working on a gargoyle series for him. And um, I was I was I was actually a fan of Drew's. I'd seen his work for years, and I I really liked it. And it was really weird. We didn't know each other. We seemed to have all the same friends, but for some reason had never properly sure. talked. Um, so I was a fan of his, and he didn't hate me too much. Good. So um, good start. Yeah. And there's so, room for yeah. you to <laughs> improve on that stance. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, it's been really great. I think. Um, um, like I, I, uh, I like. He's got a really good. Um, uh, like, I mean, you know, he's really good from a technical standpoint, but he can do, he can do cool action mm-hmm. stuff, and he can do mood and atmosphere. Like, so he's actually fairly, he's got a broad skill set, um, which I'm, you know, trying to lean into. Like, I want the book to kind of look dark, but also be big and actiony, and um, like, uh, I, 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 we really looked out. I, I, I didn't know who we'd end up with, but. I didn't have too much time to worry about it because Nate pretty much found Drew straight away or found him. He was already working with him anyway, mm-hmm. but um, uh, I think he was a perfect fit. Once he said it, I was like, yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't want to think of anyone else. He's, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I know we've had a really good back and forth. I think he likes that I draw too. Um, he said something really nice. He said that um, I gave him a note on a layout at one stage and he said, um, uh, how did, I can't remember how he put it, but it was like, oh, that's, he said that note actually was, a, he said, I like your notes because they make sense. Mm. Like from a drawing point of view, I think they're better. I'm like, oh, and, and don't be wrong, I'm not very heavy handed, but um, like there'll be one or two, three things I'll I'll say. And it was nice for him to go like, oh yeah, you're right. That's, that is, that does work. Right. Um. So yeah, it's been a really nice back and forth, but yeah, there wasn't really that much humming and hawing. The, the licensors seem really like I was expecting, I was expecting more pushback really because Alien, Alien, I wouldn't say it was tough, but there were certain hoops you had to jump through, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Thundercats, um, the 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 licensor seemed to like what I came up with, so just started working. So it's um, well, how quick did it take yeah, you jo- to come up with the? Because I mean, you're, it's a spin. It's not this. It's not like I yeah. said. It's not the same thing. So how did like a were you like you know a Thundercats kid? Because it was I was already. I think I was like a senior in high school when that, you know, that came out. So I, I'm like, oh, this is very cool because it's you know Japanese style animation. I dig that. That's very cool. But it wasn't. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever because I, I had that effect on the you know from a different show, you know, a decade or half a decade before. So, hmm. like, was this the kind of was this the thing for you when you were young that you were like, oh my god, or? Yeah. No. I, I mean, I. I, I loved it. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure when we got it in Ireland because, like, I think it's 40 years old now and I'm 42, so I don't remember being two when it came out. Right. But we did tend to get shows later. Uh, they, it took them a while to get over the, the over the Atlantic. Um, no, I remember the intro the first time I saw it and it blew my mind. Um, I was big into it. I had a Lino action figure. I had a Mummer action figure. I think I had Panthro as well. Um, but I also have a terrible memory. So... Like I remember loving it, but I didn't remember the particulars necessarily. 
Um, so when Nate, when Nate offered it, I mean, yes, I, I was drunk and I said yes, but then the next day I was like, should I have said yes? Um, but I just remember thinking, this will just this will be a fun project to write, taking, you know, car- basically it's a superhero book. I like superheroes, I can write this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a really cool sci-fi idea. Um, and that was my take, basically. I'm like, I'm going to write this as a sci-fi book. Um, then I watched the episodes, like the first few episodes, and it was actually more sci-fi than I remembered. Hmm. Like, I just thought it was just action, but it's actually really weird. <laughs> it's very, very weird. Okay. Um, and I just thought it would, I thought it was a little too weird for me to go, hmm, how do I say this? Um, I was just too much wacky stuff in there that's didn't like it just felt like they were i wasn't into mm-hmm. um and what i found myself more grounded to is like i, I feel like they missed a trick here at the beginning mm. like they're just kind of like like where are we what are we doing uh how are we going to survive I, I just thought that was more i was interested in that so mm-hmm. i kind of have a year one approach to it where it's once they land and how are they going to adapt mm-hmm. and and also i think what my feeling was i wanted to delve into the characters more than the mythology mm. I know the mythology is pretty big with the fans, um, but I'm not too, not, not that I'm not bothered with it. I think that stuff is malleable. For me, it's like, well, how are we going to, like, like, like it, it, there's a lot of cool stuff there. There's Superman with the destroyed planet. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's Shazam with like the boy who's turned into an adult. Yep. There's, you know, and, I, and, and that's, as I was writing it, I'm like, this feels very 90s X-Men, what I'm writing right now, you know? So, um, there's a lot of cool, cool stuff in there, but I think my approach was just like grounded character emotion and action. Yeah. Um. You know, very basic kind of stew there going on. But the more I've, I've I've been writing it, the more I've been kind of looking at the mythology, and there's always something kind of cool you can, you know, it's like oh, you know, the stuff are like oh, if I'm gonna go do this, and then I'll do a bit of research. I'm like oh, that works great. I'm gonna use this. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of that's again, I like the restrictions are fine. Yeah. Um. But uh, but I had the same approach to this as I did with Alien, which was I'm just gonna immerse in a little bit of it, and then go off from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read every single Alien story because I didn't want to. I, I wanted to just I don't want to read every bit of story and then try find a pitch that's original. I want to go with my gut mm-hmm. of the first few stories. I think that'll be interesting. And like what happened with Alien is there was one I really liked, but they're like, oh no, we act that. We did that ten years ago. Sure, I was like, okay, right. well, fair enough, you know. But but it wasn't at least it wasn't something that I had read that I was like trying to regurgitate. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was the one danger with Thundercats is there was a show that came out ten years or so ago, um, with the kind of more I think maybe fantasy element, and it looks great. Mm. Like it looks really. I heard it's amazing, but I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want that in my head. Right. You no, know, I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying to go back to this to the to the what's it back to the uh well the mm-hmm. original well sure and go from there and if something ends up being similar then i can change it and that's fine but i don't want you know that in my head when i'm trying to come up with something uh something new so yeah my approach is i loved it but i don't remember all of it so right you know right i'm trying to tell a basic story with the characters and then as i've been writing it it kind of has built into a bit more of an epic which is it's just been fun and also, also i know i have a lot of issues to 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 do it with rather than say um you know maybe a marvel dc book where you get you don't know if it's gonna last past issue five mm-hmm. um i think there's a, there's there's there were 
I think Dynamite were very confident about this from the start because I was told like I have basically a, like a whole year okay. to pitch, which is great from a writing point of view because that means I can, if I can get you and invest this character now, mm-hmm. I can kind of do something later on rather than, you know, like when we were doing Time Before Time, they're always worried that we'd have to like wrap it up in the next arc. Sure. That was always, there was always that guillotine hanging right <laughs> over your head. Just looming there. Very close yep. to your head. Um, well, that's, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I think about it, <clears throat> on a writing aspect like you know we everybody loves plot you know we we get excited by the plots you know ooh, this is really fun and intriguing but the thing is is that that's not what gets us that's not what brings us through what brings us through is our connection to characters so you know as a writer your responsibility is to make this character's journey as relatable interesting um painful however you want to you know you want to drag them the reader through it that's your job the the plot mm-hmm. is the thing that is you're hanging all this other stuff onto to give context like oh, okay well this is a reason we're doing all this stuff but the character's purpose is to because like listen if you know if some crazy thing happened you'd be like there's no guarantee that you or i would you know, grab a, a weapon and go off to battle. We might just be like, you know, screw mm. that. Let's gr- <laughs> let's go find some shelter and wait this out. So you have to have a character who, when that, you know, moment of instigation happens, they have to be grounded to be able to go ahead forward and do these things. So that's your job. All that mythology stuff, that's, the care the the readers who love it they know it so all you're doing yeah, is just yeah, giving yeah. them what they already know and love and, and while they may get excited or titillated by that there's no longevity to it because it's not new it's not something that they're going to kind of link into so i think by not digging into that as like you know this is everything you can tell a story and allow the mythology to grow and actually have purpose throughout the story Hmm. no no I, I i agree like i don't want to get bogged um bogged down in all the kind of rules and um the the stuff that the old fans are going to remember one i don't they don't need to see it again right you know they might want to mm-hmm. but they don't need to yeah. uh, and new fans aren't going to know what the hell they're talking about anyway so i i feel that um like because a lot of questions they got is like oh is this person going to show up are we going to see this and i'm just kind of want to say like no because even if we do someday, we're not there yet. You know, mm-hmm. I feel this book needs to exist in its own world and, you know, build its own reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, it's very, it's like it's, it is the basic story of the cartoon, but you know, there's some, there's some historical changes and there's some character differences and things like that. And I feel in order to do any of the kind of bigger stuff, you, you have to earn it mm-hmm. first by caring about the characters and, the most important thing to me, which is kind of what I pitched to um, Dynamite and the licensor, was um, that Lino was a boy. You know, they've landed on this planet and now he's a man. So all of his relationships have changed around him. You know, the the two, uh, the two, the two, uh, you know, Wiley Cat and Wiley Kit um, would have been his best friends. But now he's an adult and he can't play with them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Panthero was basically, he's kind of, kind of a father figure and now he is to kind of like now he's his boss and Tiger was his you know was his mentor and now 
you know, he has to do what he said. Like, so that was interesting to me. I'm like, how would everyone, how will he feel and how does everyone feel around him? Mm -hmm. And I I think that's something to kind of grab onto, you know, and of course there's the villains and everything that kind of comes up and, you know, of course I want Mumra to come in, but like Mumra, again, you gotta, you gotta earn, you gotta earn that. Totally. Totally. That like, because you, you, you can't drop, you know, like you just don't drop Darth Vader right off the bat and go, okay, you're fighting. You exactly. know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you got to get there. Yeah. Um, you know, I just started watching blue eyed samurai and, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a video game person, but I understand a lot of the models and tropes of it, you know, and it's like, you know, there are just these level bosses that, you know, the character has to kind of overcome throughout. And then you go, oh, okay, now I know what the, I know what the main boss is for, for the season, you know, they, they identified it mm-hmm. and you get there and like, oh, they want to do multiple seasons. Okay, so they they already have a construct, and I understand now. I guess what the construct will be. I'm like, okay, so they'll do this main boss every single year, um, and if they're smart, they'll get in and they'll get out and they'll tell a great story. Um, mm-hmm. But it would be a really lame thing if it was like, oh, we're just going to throw the big bad guy right out there at the beginning because it could be an epic fight, but it won't feel earned. Yeah. And I am trying to build, like, with the the year I've planned, I'm trying to build to a climax in a year rather than a climax, you know, in issue three. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll all, I want them all to have their own kind of climaxes, but, like, you know, for the big stuff, you really need to set up a lot of things. And, again, that's actually been the cool thing about this book is that I haven't had to shove it into the end of the first arc or whatever, mm-hmm. as long as there's enough um, satisfying um results to keep the reader going then i think it'll be it'll be good i mean i'm a little worried about it now because like when i signed on i just thought like this would be a good book a fun book to write mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the sales are off the bloody charts well, that's, like, so how does it i mean this. like that's really interesting you know because it's not commonplace i mean clearly there is this huge <laughs> fan base um that and this is just the comic book buying fan base. This isn't the fan base for the television series who don't read comic books. Like it's going to be like, if they get a wind of it, then it's a whole nother level. That's going to keep, you know, that, that could be a sustaining kind of thing. No pressure. Maybe. I mean, I have to, I have to assume there's a big, a significant um, uptick because if you're an old school Thundercats fan, there hasn't been any new Thundercat stuff in a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there was that um, cartoon a few years ago that was very different. Um, but if you liked the original stuff and you see this new comic that looks close to the original, you're probably going to be like all in. So I, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know. I'm yeah. just guessing here. I'm assuming there's a big chunk of people who are like, don't really read comics and they just want Thundercats. Um, and I assume there's a lot of people who are like, oh man, cool. Like, like but I don't know what it is, but there's clearly is some kind of, resurgence in 80s properties and comics right now mm-hmm. there's like with thundercats and uh, turtles and transformers you know, whatever else it's clearly a thing yeah. you know so there's something in the zeitgeist right now which i didn't know when i was you know taking this on you were drunk um yeah exactly yeah but uh but also i'd like to think that some there is also a a, a chunk of people who are like um oh i know what that is i'd never i've i've never seen it but I know Declan's stuff, so I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd say it's probably the least amount 
of, of, of that. But um, yeah, so it's probably a lot of that stuff kind of swirling at the same time that I really, I just really wasn't expecting. I, I thought this book would do well with issue one, mm-hmm. like a moderate success, and we'd get to issue 12 or whatever, and, and that'll be that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like, I've, I, I have no idea. No one's, no one at Dynamite has said, like, what they're planning or anything like that. So I don't, I like, the book is ongoing. That is, that's what I know, but I've only planned a certain amount. Um, uh, I guess the proof will be in the pudding when the book comes out and the sales for issue two, whatever they are going to be, or there's going to, there's clearly there's going to be a drop, significant drop. There always is for every comic. There, yeah, it's inevitable. But, but you know, if if the first one is this much, I, you know, I I can I can only I could assume that it'll be fairly healthy numbers for the rest mm-hmm. of the run. So, well, if you, if um, your story that would be cool. If your story arcs work well you know for a year because like it's not a flat it's not a flat you know just a gentle curve all the way up to the 12 issue 12 you have arcs Mm -hmm. so these arcs yeah you hit these arcs people are going to go oh okay cool oh you're gonna you you can build that readership and keep that readership you know invested and i mean and what i mean in in an amazing luxury I mean, to, to be able to start yeah, off a series yeah. in this, in this regard, what, I mean, what's the conversations been like between you, Drew, you know, and the editing, you know, side, like, I mean, cause I, while they invested money into doing this, this is, you know, this is a business gamble on their half to say, Hey, we think this is a valuable thing. It has yeah, to have I mean, they bought a lot of, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, honestly, I, I don't know. Um, Nace, the editor, seemed very confident the book would do well. I think he was the one who got gargoyles together for them. Okay. I'm pretty sure, and that book did very well, very very well. Um, so Nace seemed fairly confident the book would do well. I don't know. I don't think he thought it would be this well, mm-hmm. but um, he seemed confident like that it would sell well enough that we'd you know get to tell that it wouldn't have it. It wasn't going to be a miniseries, you know. What yeah. I mean? Um, but me and Drew are like, honestly, man, it hasn't really sunk in. To be honest, like yeah. it's just a number on a screen. I have no. I think when I do shows and I see how many maybe people mm. are looking to get signed, that'll probably that'll probably sink in. Then. Right. But like at the moment, it's just a book that we've done, and there's like we did it before we knew the numbers. Sure. So right, right. You know, now I am definitely feeling a little bit more heat on the back of my neck from people staring. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you getting that? Are you getting was at the uh, the sophomore the sophomore slump the uh, you know for that second album you know like okay yeah <laughs> i mean hey great job with moon knight and and old, and old dog <laughs> and all these other wonderful projects but um well, i think i think realistically most people who are going to read this book have not read anything of I've course, done before right. so it right, probably right. i probably have nothing to lose i will say what i would like is if you know 10% of people who like thundercats went back and read old dog mm-hmm. like that would be that would i would feel that in my pocket in a significant way that would be amazing yes um i'm trying to yeah i'm going to see if i can brand myself as the cat and dog guy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but um i uh yeah there's no way to know i mean this is a this is ultimately your fryer gig um right I, most you gotta remember most people i mean also i'm probably gonna get a certain amount of negative 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 mm-hmm. uh feedback from this because anything that sells that much is going to have people who are going to be who are going to love it and people are going to hate mm-hmm. it so in a way it's kind of freeing to not really care about that um as long as i feel like we're telling i just want to tell a good story sure. and i want a, a fun comic like alien was great because i felt like it was definitely like in my wheelhouse to tell like a dark twisted story with body horror and um, this is a very different muscle 
Mm. Um, this is like getting to write like a Marvel comic, like like like, like a genuine superhero comic, you know, um, which isn't really an offer I was expecting to come my way, but is a cool challenge, and I like, you know, I'm like it, like I, I'm like you know, I'm writing, you know, you know, haste panthro for I, you know, whatever. Sure. Like it's not it's not a naturalistic dialogue I normally go for, but it's fun to write in that kind of like, you know, Thundercats mm-hmm. um, vibe. So. Um, all I can really do is just just try and tell the best comic I can and enjoy it and um, and hope that you know. I mean, it feels like an old school thing where you know you'd have Bendis doing Ultimate Spider Man and then a big book, you know, like it it kick it hits off like crazy and that changes your career. I've I've no idea if mm. it'll be anything like that, but uh, it's the closest I've come to it, um, which is interesting. Yeah, well, I don't know, man, I, I I can't really get my head around it to be honest. You know, listen. Here's I think I think a good approach, aside from you know the fur coat, um, is to say to anybody who might be a detractor early on, say, listen, I understand, I get it. Read all twelve issues, and then let's have a talk about it after a year. Do you see what I did there? Hey, that's not how the world. That's not how the world works, man. Yeah, no, but that way you tricked them into <laughs> buying twelve issues. There is that. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want. You want. I think what I'll tell them is, if you want, if you want the answer, then you should go to Old Dog. Yeah, right, right. The code <laughs> that would be the ultimate. The code trick. is hidden yeah. in Old, exactly. old Dog, so it's um, it's a the yeah the code to the Thundercat story. Yeah, the is, mythos uh, yeah, in the will be unlocked. Yes, yeah, so you just have, man, that would be amazing <laughs> if we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy the ride for for whatever sure. this is. I'm actually more more excited for Drew because I think he's a fantastic artist who's like has been people haven't really taken notice of in the way that they should mm-hmm. have and um you know i'm thinking this is going to, be going to be a great opportunity for him to really show what he can do he's a good fit uh yeah yeah like i, I think it fits it fits him so well he's doing great stuff i think he could i think he could change his career mm-hmm. and i hope that it you know hope that it does i hope he does a year with me and then you know someone steals him and puts him on avengers or something like that that would be <laughs> you know um he'd he, he deserve it like, why did so, they all have um, pointy ears I'm sorry. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. After a year of drawing cats. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah Fangs <laughs> and pointy ears. It's going to be tough to break that habit. But, but at that, like if I can, if, if we have a run, like the run that we've planned and he's drawing it all and it looks great um, with a couple of surprises up uh, our sleeves, um, it'll be really, really satisfying. And I think it's so, cool, dude. Yeah, no, I'm just, uh, just going to enjoy the ride, you know? Plus I get to do covers too. So I get to draw a line. you know, mm-hmm. um, I just, just, I post today, posted the covered issue three, which I really happy with. It's like Lino in the front of the thunder tank and it's blasting out of the whole thing. And it like, it's probably the best reaction I've gotten to a cover online in a while. And like, I can't lie. Like it was so much fun to draw. So, um, I was, I was working on another thing this month. Um, another ip thing and it's 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 so funny january has just been me completely reliving my childhood oh okay <laughs> like it's very which is it's it's interesting that's how this year has started like I me mean, it's just me being a five-year-old again there's you know i mean <clears throat> there's a project i'm toying with it would be a ton of work to get it to actually happen but the only reason i considered is that it, it is it is you know my nine or ten year old self will be so thrilled to be, to be, mm-hmm. you know, working on that project because, you know, let's be honest, it's a big chunk of the reason we do the things we do, like to, to excite that, yeah. that, that bit of ourselves that got excited about those things, whatever they are. And I'm not even talking, it has to be 
specifically an IP that we liked as a kid, just when we create stuff, we're creating it, for, you know, to touch that point in ourselves that we go, ooh, 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 yeah, that's the thing that I want. I want to see, say, draw, or do whatever it is. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Like I was doing uh, for Old Dog issue three. I think there was like a spawn. They were doing spawn covers that month at Image. So like I drew Old Dog versus Spawn mm-hmm. on the cover to my Image comic. You know, like. I've got a drawing of Spawn from when I was 13. Mm. Um, and I was, I was drawing the chains. I'm like, I can't believe this is... I'm drawing my own image character fighting Spawn in an image book. That this is kind is, of a mind... That is a... Yeah. Wow. It's insane, you know? And it's, it's, it is nice to have those opportunities mm-hmm. to, like, tap into that stuff because I think that can really energize you for a long time. Yeah. But sorry, what were you Well, saying? I was... You know, you, you kind of started everything off with the... Uh, you know, saying, Hey, you had a lot of writing that you need to get done. And, you know, what I heard you say is something that I struggled with for a long time. I would, I I found that I couldn't write at my design desk because I didn't consider doing the writing work. Cause when I sat at the design desk, I had my client work and there was an email, you know, operating and I, I I'm working like, this is where I work. And it took me a while to kind of figure out how to circumnavigate that. So how do you, you know, with the writing projects that you have in front of you and how do you balance that? How do you factor it into your, you know, your work productivity? Yeah, it's a good question. Cause I can't like, this is the desk I'm at here is my drawing uh-huh. desk. So I can have the laptop. Well, one, I don't work. I don't write on the desktop. I write on my laptop. So even I can write here, but my eye is going to go over to email mm-hmm. um, or, you know, Twitter or whatever the hell. Um, so I tend to write, I'll, um, I'll go out for lunch out in, in my hometown. Um, I'll go to a cafe. I used to always hear about writers uh, writing cafes. I'm like, how do you do it? <laughs> but I get why I get why now is to get away from, yeah. it's just easy for me to, to draw. Mm-hmm. You know, I can work on layouts. I can work on a cover. I can, there's, I've always something to do drawing wise. So it's very easy to just go, well, I'm going to get on that because at least that needs to be done. It's work, you know. Um, so I need to silo myself off. I will go um, to, yeah, like a cafe and I'll have my lunch and then I'll whip out the laptop um, and stay there until they close. Like, so I'll kind of give myself two hours mm-hmm. um, and not go on the internet and just try bash stuff out. Or uh, alternatively, maybe in the evening time, I'll I'll sit on the couch, and um, I'll put music on the TV so that I'm not looking at anything, um, and I'll just try write on the couch. So I either write on the couch or in a cafe generally. Okay. Um, I have to put myself in a scenario where I have to. Yeah. You know. Um, I yeah. Uh, I won't go to this room. You know, I'm not in bed, so I'm in the living room, and there's not I've everything else kind of cornered off so i just have to sit down and mm-hmm. and do it alternatively sorry alternatively also there's trains um I'll, i travel like around up and down on trains a good bit so um uh, trains and planes okay so uh because i i won't i won't draw when i travel but i can write mm-hmm. and traveling is probably one of the few times where my brain gets to kind of um, um wander yeah 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 it's just like to not think about anything mm-hmm. or just be just like just 
let it saturate what's around you rather than what like then rather than me concentrate on what's directly in front of mm-hmm. my face so um i do try and plan if a script needs to be done that like if i'm traveling i'll work on the first stage of it then when i'm just a lot of its structure and then i'll kind of polish it off when i get home yeah little things like that like i'll i'll, I'll try and navigate you know um writing work around traveling because because i I, feel, I just can't draw when i travel mm-hmm. so i may as well maximize it and it is like i said it is good to just let your mind wander sometimes and um um showers do that walks do that but um being on a train and having nothing else to do does it too yeah you know? yeah there's a um you know the, the shower thing just so people are you know up to speed it's the negative ions that happen from being in the with the water so the negative ions actually like really they they free up your ability to kind of relax and your brain kind of will will come up with things walking the 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 same act happens in that in the act of walking it's a healing you know action so it, it's good for your, our minds to to walk run you know but walking's even better than running in the terms that you're your body doing the activity. If you go for a walk in the woods, it's even better. Like it, it, all these things kind mm. of cumulatively build up. It's hard to, for me, it's very hard to keep single thoughts in my mind when I'm walking or running. So when I'm walking, I'll do audio notes. So I'm like, oh, if I have an idea, I will add the audio notes to my phone just to make sure that I'm keeping these things because otherwise they disappear. Yeah, I've, done, I've done it a few times. I'm not very good at it, but I have a few times that's, that's happened. Um, I think it's just forcing yourself to just let your literally let your brain breathe. Yep. Um and it frees it frees up all the junk mm-hmm. and lets just stuff kind of pour in, you know. Um no when I started walking more a few years ago and it was I think you know I think I remember Ben just talking about cycling. Mm-hmm. Um they had more idea when he was cycling. I was like, "Oh, that sounds crazy." But then I started walking I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it now because I'm too too focused on the next thing on my list that I need to do today, be mm-hmm. it like an email or be it um you know, solicits are working out the dimensions for something I'm doing. Like there's always just like, you know, monkey work the next that thing. needs to be done. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's hard to give your brain the time because especially with writing more and also basically writing my own projects that I draw. Like I think um, that's the thing that's getting me now. I'm like, I just want to draw stuff, but I can't draw anything until I write it because right. I have to write it, yeah. you know, um, uh, so, which is a nice problem to have by all means. Um, but I'm aware of it now, you know, um, and it is, it's, it's easy for me to just really just switch on work mode and like draw, 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 draw. And the writing has really impacted that. Whereas it's kind of totally, so I, it, it, it can really ruin my drawing workflow because something needs to be done related to writing, not even writing itself, but like related to that side of the job. Um, so I'm trying to silo off drawing time and writing time and also you know you can only pull from your i've i've called it like my creative pool um where i could go through a very a stage where i'm seeing lots of things and having lots of experiences and it all you know fills the creative waters Mm -hmm. and then i can go through periods where i'm not seeing things or doing things and i'm pulling from it the whole time which is fine but if you're not refilling it uh, yeah, that thing will go right down to the bottom, and that's when you kind of crash and burn. And then you're derivative. Yeah, it's uh, mm. yeah, no, and and that was not if I'm not already. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, but I mean that was something I wanted to bring up was that that 
you know, you're going to a cafe, you're engaging, like you're outside of your, you know, your yourself and you're engaging. So the more that as a writer, I mean, even as an artist, you can, your observational skills come into play, but being out there in the world and doing things, you know, listening to people talk, talking to people, all sorts of stuff, seeing films and, um, you know, music or whatever it is, all that stuff builds up, you know, going and having a really unique, different, you know, dinner experience, just putting Mm. yourself in a situation, which is not your regular comfort zone. And I'm not not saying looking for a bad thing, but just the fact is all your senses fire off and you're paying attention and you're soaking this in because those become parts for scenes and pieces of character well, yeah i mean like i get i got ideas from like real life mm-hmm. not shows you know i mean i find sh- i watch things that i get inspired by but in a way of like i want to tell something meaningful or whatever mm-hmm. like, not a plot point but i get more notions of things for like be overhearing something or being out being out and walking around i mean i'm very much live around normal people you know when i lived in dublin it was all you know cosmopolitan and whatnot but here it's like hello mary how are you oh jasmine like it's very Wait, they call you, know, you mary there and no no i'm overhearing oh, people. okay um, right. uh yeah yeah no no uh, that was me talking to mary actually um <laughs> no but it, it gets me um because i spent like all my formative years at marvel were spent basically just head down and slugging mm. slugging 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 for about 10 to 15 years and you know it definitely had an effect on me i you know it i i was you know I was durable, so I was hanging in there, but, you know, I also was running towards a wall for sure, and um, I kind of know my limits now, uh, and I know a little bit goes a long way, a little a little break here goes a long mm-hmm. way, like, um, you know, it's little things like if I'm if a friend invites me to something before, I'll be like, oh, no, I've, I have too much work, I can't go, whereas now I'll be like, I'll go, I'll, I'll, work is going to be there mm-hmm. anyway, I'll get it, I always get it done, I'll, you know, I, I hit my deadlines. Yeah. Um, it'll get done. It's more important to have an experience. Now, for, <laughs> you could go, it, it's good to just have the experience just to be a human being, one. Mm-hmm. Right. But two, if you wanted to be very like weird about it, it'd be like, well, you could have an experience. It'll give you an idea mm-hmm. and therefore you can do more work, <laughs> which isn't necessarily. <laughs> minute, the might not be the healthiest it. approach to the whole thing, but no, um, no, no. But, but, but it's true. Second you know? order effect, so, like, baby. It's in your, you know, like <laughs> sorry, it's a second order effect. You don't know what that that will mm-hmm. be. So you you kind of yeah. you, what you do is you do a thing in life, and if something comes of that, that's a bonus. Well, that's what I mean. You know, you you need to have some life experience if you're going to write anything. You know, sure. um, uh, or if you're going to you draw anything. Have. I mean, yeah, yeah. You need to have a point, a point of view, not, mm-hmm. you know, necessarily political or anything like that, but you need to have a way to look at the world or if you want to say something, you know, and you really don't learn that by like having secondhand experiences or thirdhand experiences, mm-hmm. which are, which is watching something or, I mean, you should always watch stuff and read stuff, but you know, if you're not having the firsthand experience, then you're really not being human. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I will say what I'm happy about in my life at the moment is I have a fairly good balance of like, you know, having, I wouldn't say I have a I've very social life. I really don't, to be honest, but 
uh, enough of one to feel like I'm a human being again. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Just about. Yeah, I mean that that is a. Yeah, I, I bless my wife for the fact that you know she's the one who was always like, "Hey, let's go do this, let's go do that." You know, she's the one who has sort of the more active group of friends. So you know, oh, we're gonna go out to dinner with these people. Okay, great. You know, because you know, if I had my druthers, I'm like, oh, I could just sit here and read. That'd be nice. Um, See, I, I'm I'm like that too. Like, I I don't think to go out that much. Mm-hmm. I think I was saying to someone before, like, I don't invite myself to anything. Mm-hmm. If someone invites me, I'll be there. But I don't come up with stuff to do. I don't like say, "Hey, I should have a party," or "I should invite this person," or "or I should call this person." Mm-hmm. I'm more responsive than anything else. Um, but no, it's great to have somebody in your life like that that'll just pull you out of yourself. It's for your own good. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's a uh, you know, and you know, it's just it's it's nice to have a balance. And, uh, mm-hmm. and which is the hardest thing for any bus to maintain. At but but also, also, you know, I spent so long trying to make a name for myself, mm-hmm. hustling, meeting everyone I could, taking all the gigs that I could and push my career. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a place now where I literally just make projects for myself that I like and I can work with people who I like mm. or I'm inspired by or I'm impressed by or I can take paid work that's for stuff that I genuinely enjoy you know when I was starting at Marvel I would have just taken a job just because I'm like I got to work for Marvel I'll draw yeah cool I'll draw Deadpool who cares um but uh, and I had a fun but now I'm in a place where I just it's just anything I work on is something I actually like I don't really have to take anything that I'm like eh, I don't really want to but I guess I should mm-hmm. you know um which is very very fortunate you know I'm, I'm not it's not the case for everybody. I, I I realize how lucky I am. So it wouldn't read. It would be very silly of me to be in that good position and not at least take advantage of it, where I can just go. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'm I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go to the cinema tomorrow and see poor things because I heard it's very good. Yeah. Um, I could watch something on the TV, which I'd normally do, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go outside mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to a cinema. I'd probably be the only one there, but that'll. That that's also something that's good, you know. I'll, uh, I, I'm I'm making that choice for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm a hero, basically. You are uh, <laughs> in this story. You are the hero. Yes. God, I'm so brave. Oh. <laughs> how he? How does he do it, folks? We don't know. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next I know, episode. I know. I know. I, I know that <laughs> where he feeds his cat. No, um, I know. I know. It sounds it sounds pathetic, but like it's just. I just do think little things like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I would put to the side and they build up and they build up and they build up. And then you're, you're wondering why you're losing your mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know? super. And so I think, I think it happens to a lot of comics people, you know, sure. they, 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 you know, builds up and then you wonder why they're, you know, having a I, mad attack online or whatever. I, I, listen, when I was drawing comic books in the nineties, I lived, you know, I lived in Manhattan. I, Dak, there were, I, I would go, I would go days without leaving my apartment just days mm-hmm. because I had food and I had work and I would just stay yeah. and I would work. And, and I think about if it was now, you know, if I was 20, you know, six years old living in Manhattan with all these technological tools that insulate you and make it so convenient to never actually leave your seat, mm-hmm. how long would it have, you know, what would my record have been? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I did it. I was, you know, 
I mean, I, I, I was spent some time in Manhattan and uh, I couldn't stay because there was too many things to do and um, and I needed to just knuckle down and do work. And that was a nice thing about Ireland is you can just, you know, block yourself away from everything and sure. do a lot of work. But then years pass by and you're like, I, you know, you know, there's something broken in me and I really need to be human again. Um, but, uh, but, but I mean, that's, I, that's something everyone I think needs to go through. Like I, you, I, I'll tell younger people, it's like, well, you can't, you know, look after yourself and you don't want to end up doing this, that, and the other. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And then they just go and do it anyway. Sure. Because everybody needs to find that line for themselves. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, you know, it, it, people still break the speed limit, even though there's a sign there saying, don't go over the speed limit. You know, we, we're just, yeah, you know, yeah. We, we all do the thing that we're going to do regardless. Um, which, don't do what Johnny don't does. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It, 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 it's, it's fine. Just try not to hurt anybody. Um, hmm. Okay, so what's the plan for this year for you? Um, you've got this big, you know, you've got Thundercats coming out, and there's this sort of like, don't know what's going to happen because of this, because it's a very different position to be in. Are you already set up <clears throat> for conventions this year? Do you know where you're going to be? No, um, I think, yeah, I think... I'll be at one in the States maybe a month after Thundercats comes out. Okay. It depends. There's a lot of like stuff kind of floating around, but um that should happen. Um I am working on just trying to remember what I can say now. I'm working on an old dog project. Cool. Put it that way. Um that'll come out this year. Um that's cool. I'm getting to kind of work not on my own. I'm collaborating okay. on that. That makes sense. Um, I have a pitch with one of the big two, um, which I think we get approved. I'm not sure. It's kind of at the last stages now. Mm-hmm. So if that gets approved, that'll be what I work on. I'm working on, let me see, I'm working on a short story at the moment that I'm writing and drawing, but it'll be announced late. It'll be announced late February. Okay. So I can't say what that is. Um, and then... I'll do my old dog thing, and then if this pitch happens, I'll be I'll be working on that for the first half of this year, pretty much, and then I'll go back to old dog. That's my rough plan. What's your gig? Um, well, I want that to be Hellboy for me, mm-hmm. that I can just kind of hop on and do a story, and then go do something else, and come back and do that. You know, um, you know, it 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 can't survive as a monthly book because I can't do it as a monthly book. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd change the format so that I can come back and just do a chunk of story go back and and come you know go back and forth so um so i'm going to do more work for hire for the first half of this year and then back to creator i have another project i want to pitch to image that i'm currently writing the um outline for Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll see what happens there but um yeah it's more work for hire at the moment while kind of tipping away on an an old dog project but uh, yeah i mean there's plenty i'm pretty sure i'm forgetting something as well who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, anybody, all I have to do is just follow you on Twitter, Graham Sky, and they'll find you there. Blue Twitter, Graham <laughs> Sky. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I've, I've, I'm limited. I'm still on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I have a newsletter, and now I have a podcast, and I'm leaving at that. No more other social medias, you know. Um, like any of the other ones, it just seems like everyone's just patting themselves on the back and there's only 12 people talking to each yeah. other. So I've no interest in that. I hear you. Um, uh, I, like, I, I, that is a tough thing. I will say last year was mainly creator-owned stuff outside of Alien. 
and uh, it was a tough grind like just put, trying to promote your own stuff mm-hmm. was really really tough so um i'm hoping that a year of work for hire will get me more attention that i can maybe bring back to my own projects yeah. um in the later half of the year it's a strategy that i have no idea if it'll work <laughs> but um what can you do you know um you you got it you you know listen you what is you you plan for the worst and hope for the best <laughs> yeah yeah but look, worst case scenario i'm still getting to do, do stuff i like like it's not like the, yeah. the thing i'm pitching i'm like oh this is gonna be horrible it'll be great for right. you know um uh I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not get my hopes up because i know this stuff could just all fall apart mm-hmm. but if it happens i'd be delighted if it doesn't happen i'll just work go back to old dog sure you know so i'm like poor poor me yeah you know? yeah i mean and i think you you you've you encapsulated the uh the irish spirit in that in that in that so you know <laughs> Like, like it all fall apart. That's fine, you know. Yeah, fuck is anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it's. I mean, it's. I think it's cool. I mean, listen. Like it's tough to to plan your career is a very hard oh. thing to do. Um, you don't know which way the wind will blow. I remember Sean Murphy was very good to me when I was younger, and um, he was asking me what my plan was, and then I was at twenty eight days later, boom at the time, and I said, if I can get from boom to idw and then idw you know within a year and then maybe idw to dark horse within a year and then from dark horse to marvel within a year in four years that i think that'll be great mm-hmm. and i think it was like three weeks later i got an email from marvel which totally totally ruined you know, your plan there's no way i could have known yeah exactly my super plan damn you marvel <laughs> um and you know and i don't think i could have imagined doing something like moon knight with warren mm-hmm. and then like the tv show stuff and um you know uh, I have a the Savage Town graphic novel I have has been um, option is optioned for an animated series whether or not that you know who knows happens is a whole thing I don't know but lots of this stuff I could never have imagined and to be in a position now where I'm basically kind of making my own projects is just the perfect thing. I wanted to be Frank Miller mm-hmm. you know and I'm getting to basically kind of do that type of stuff now so I'm I think I was talking to what to another creator like some people just get to do a job in comics and they're happy and i had that and some people get to like work and do their own stuff and i got to do that and some people get to do both and i get to do that and some people get to generate like i i on all the rungs of like achievements within this field i'm you know within i'm not the biggest name in the world or anything but as regards what i get to make i'm actually like not a lot of people are getting to do what i can do so you know, I'd, of course, I'd always like it to sell better. You know, I'd always like, you know, more attention and success because I'm totally up my own arse. <laughs> so that'll always be the case. But to be in a position where I can just be creative and make a living, I'm so lucky. Yeah. So I'm, um, I, and all you can do is try and plan for as much as you can you know or whatever mm-hmm. steps you want to make like like doing old dog was definitely a big step for me because i realized i've never really done this and i want to do i don't want to go another 10 years and not having done it yeah and i did and that's why it is the most it's a project i am most proud of because i really put my money where my mouth mm-hmm. is with that you know um well it feels so, it feels yeah. very much <clears throat> it feels very much like you're telling something from inside if that makes if that makes sense i de- i definitely i definitely am like it, like it's 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 a you know it's a it's an 
you know, genre, sci-fi, you know, espionage, you know, in a way it's the most generic thing you could do, but I'm hoping me doing it is more interesting, but there's also, there is, I would say it's probably the most personal story I've ever told. Mm. It's just kind of wrapped up in a lot of like, you know, people being punched through walls and <laughs> knives, people being ripped apart and stuff. Lots of yeah, knives. Yeah, yeah. I'm very happy that you, you have a lot of knives going on. It makes me, it makes a lot yeah. of, pl- lot of pleasure for me. I'm like, yes. Yeah, they're fun to draw. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the fight... They're easier than guns. Well, you know what it is? is like, I think I think it goes back... I mean, first off, like, you know, I'm a fantasy kid, so I love sword fights and all that kind of junk. But it makes mm-hmm. me think of, like, some of the great scenes in Appleseed when, you know, Shiro has Dunin fighting it out with a knife with somebody. And I'm like... And they're just totally badass scenes. And you're like, yes. She's having Appleseed. I haven't read that in a long, long time. You should give it another read. I've forgotten about it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, so yeah. cool. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Old Dog is like, you know, and like, listen, it's if it's your Hellboy, it's your Hellboy, and that's great, right? Yeah, I mean, there's other stuff I want to do, too. Like, I have, like, three other ideas I'd like to do that I would, I personally would like to write and draw. Um, but I like, I love working with artists as well, so, like, I always want... I think that's my sweet spot. If I can write and draw my own thing mm-hmm. and write something, I like a couple of other things for other artists yeah. that I always feel, well, one, I'm going to be engaged with seeing what they draw. Um, I can scratch a work for hire itch. Like if this work for hire gig happens, I'll still be getting to write and draw something. I'll just be paid for it rather than, you know, being creator owned. Um, like it was yeah, last year was funny because, I was doing more creator-owned and my side gig was writing Alien. <laughs> like, the side gig was always a creator-owned stuff for the most part, you know? Yeah, yeah. an injection. Um, but uh, I, I think that is my sweet spot is getting to do, like all, like doing work for hire and doing creator-owned at the same time is not something everybody has that luxury. Mm-hmm. So I feel like as long as, long as I'm doing something creator-owned, I'm not going to be pissing and moaning about, you know, the work for hire stuff. Yeah, I mean... It, it... Um, and... <laughs> And and if not everything is creator owned, then like the only downside of it is that it is just such a grind to to push to push the stuff. Yeah. You know, at least it work for hire. I don't need like look. I don't need to push Thundercats. It's it's doing right. fine. I'm doing a lot of podcasts for us to put. Like I am pushing it. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but I'm not coming up with marketing campaigns, and I'm not trying to do like you know weird kind of stunts or do retailer outreach. Like that's the advantage. I don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but at the same time, if I don't do that for a while, I'm going to feel like I don't have any control over my own, my own thing. So no, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a good spot. That's the magic spot. I think that's, Oh, I mean, the magic spot a long time ago was, you know, go work for Marvel, go work for DC, go work for Marvel, go work for DC. Like just go back and forth because you could end up making more money and do better projects. Mm-hmm. Um, theoretically. Um, but the modern one is that twofold thing. Do, do work for hire. And then do your own thing because you're building, mm-hmm. you're, you're building something that you, you know, it's getting to go into that well again, going back, you know, you don't get to c- totally control the work for higher well, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, listen, it's, it's a fortunate thing and it's, it, it's been interesting to see how it is worked out, you know, in the last two years for you and that. Yeah, it has been. I mean, like, I definitely have more control over my choices and the type of stuff I want to do now, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, you know, I was a hired hand, and I was very, for a good while there, I was very lucky to be working with like amazing, 
writers, you know, I got to work with like, you know, Jeff Parker and Brian Wood and Lauren and Jonathan Hickman and, you know, fucking like, that's amazing. Um, but like, there's only so much leverage over your career you can have as an artist, I think, mm-hmm. um, depending on if you're the best in the world, that's great. But most of us are not the best in the world. No, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're, you know, fairly good at best. Um, but you know, there, there was a level of me deciding to write stuff was to have a little bit more control over my career. But I, 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 um, I couldn't have imagined it would really work out this well. Um, I mean, assuming the work is good, <laughs> I'm not really the one to to judge that. But um, uh, but I like I just I just like I like making things, you know. Yeah. Um, and I get to make a lot of stuff, so I'm I'm quite happy with that. Well, I think I think probably a few other people are pretty happy too. So. I don't know about that. We'll see. Well, we'll see. And, well, it's it's a safe place to be. Just to, totally terrified that the you know good morning you know good night Wesley almost likely kill you in the morning. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can you can live under that under that uh sort of damocles or whatever you said the uh, the guillotine early. Yeah. So yeah, your own guillotine, a guillotine of your own making. That's it. Except it's it doesn't come down fast. It comes down very slowly. Slow. Which is actually, it's the slow that's, guillotine. That's yeah, which is a more horrific idea when Ooh. you think about it. Yeah. Okay. Thumbs down. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, man, I this has been great. It's been great to catch up. It's been great to talk. Uh, thanks for having. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Like, um, yeah, I didn't mean to be hounding you before. Just uh, I saw with all I'm doing a lot of podcasts and stuff, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to miss this you, one come on just say it. you you just want to make sure you got you got some time on the best podcast in in the in the business right right, right? Uh, you uh, said it you said it so i don't need to <laughs> yeah i know don't worry nobody else has it so i know no, um, I, I really enjoy i mean there's there's i mean i've done I, I i did one recently and i was like this guy's very like he was very well prepared he he'd found interviews i'd done before and you know it was very about the book you know which is great mm-hmm. and i'd like that but um Sure. Look, you know my podcast is basically some more like this, which is just chatting about stuff that isn't. Yeah. It's not. Sure, I'm pushing the books and stuff, but like having conversation, I'm genuinely interested in having. Like, a, I, I, um, I enjoy those way more. Yeah. Well, I've I've always enjoyed chatting with you, so this is just a it's a pleasure. And the good thing is, is if you just keep making work, we'll we'll keep doing this. I I only do more work as an excuse to come back. Clearly. Oh, I love that. See that that one I'm going to put on the on the website as a quote. <laughs> um, well, so I guess I'm guessing C2E2 is where you're coming. Is that the? No, I know. I'm talking to GalaxyCon. Um, oh, Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, really? I did, okay. I did. Um, I always get the names mixed. I did um, Columbus there in December mm-hmm. <clears throat> and had a great time. So I'm talking about doing um, Richmond because it's a month mm-hmm. after Thundercats comes out, which would be fun. C2E2, I haven't been in a long time, actually. I would, when is that? It's like, isn't it March-ish? March, April-ish? Oh, okay, that's probably too early now, I think, maybe. Yeah. Uh, if going to, to US shows, I need to kind of space them out a bit because otherwise it's just yeah. a lot of big travel in, you know. Um, but uh, no, I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking I'd like to try do a little mini tour that I did, bef- I did mm-hmm. before. Um I don't know. You haven't nailed things down, but I, I think with Thundercats coming out, it would be a good time to like do some like signings and push things like Time Before Time and mm-hmm. um, Old Dog. Uh, I just haven't worked it out. I always do New York Comic Con every year, so I'll definitely be there. But um, right. yeah, the other ones, I don't know. Well, Raleigh's not too far away. Maybe I'll head up to Galaxy. I have a good friend who lives up there, so maybe I'll just crash at his place. Hmm. 
All right, that'd be cool. We can have we can have a meal. That sounds lovely. Well, thank you, my friend. It's great oh, to see you. you. Man. Yeah, you too, man. Best of luck with the Thundercats and the super secret old dog project that you are collaborating with. There you go. Mm. There you go. Yeah, I see. I'm very, very particular how I'm saying those things. Uh, but no, thanks a million, man. Cheers. And sure. Uh, yeah, anytime, anytime you uh, want to chat, let me know. All right. All the best. All right. Thanks, man.